Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast, where we may, I think, have some closure on all this drama surrounding Kevin Durant and before that, Kyrie Irving. The news broke about 12 hours ago from when we're recording this very late on Tuesday night after the Mets got swept by the Yankees in the Subway Series. If you want to hear more of that, check out Rico Bronia. Uh, Don't listen to this because we're not going to talk about that. But about 12 hours ago, I was on the subway. I was traveling from Yankee Stadium to my work, WFAN, and I received a text message. That text message was from my friend, Michael Lewis Aloysius Baseglia. He sent me a text message, and all he wrote at 11.05 a.m. was the word yes with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 15 exclamation points. That's all I saw. I immediately said, What the hell is he talking about? But I'm not going to ask him via text message. I'm going to immediately go to at Nets Daily and see if something changed with Kevin Durant's trade demand. So before I ever wrote back, my good friend, Michael Aloysius Paseglia, I saw from Nets Daily a retweet of Shams Sharnia telling us that after a very productive meeting took place between Joseph Tsai, his wife, Clara Wu Tsai, Steve Nash, Sean Marks, Rich Kleinman, and Kevin Durant, everybody's agreed to continue their partnership. So then I wrote back my good friend, Mr. Biseglia, wow, to which he responded, OMG. We were like 14-year-old girls communicating with each other by using one word each. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how I found out Kevin Durant is no longer looking to have sex with somebody else hey mike how are you i'm fantastic and i'm so thrilled that i was able to break the news to you uh and i actually received the information via text message from my podcast partner on bad weather fans who was a knicks fan who wrote congrats with a question mark and i saw that and it clicked in my head i've got to make the same decision and i went on twitter and i saw shams and i saw the news and a big feeling of relief came over me and then excitement that there is an opportunity for the Brooklyn Nets to do something special this year because Kevin Durant's coming back, and I was thrilled to see the news. I'm glad that Alex of Bad Weather fans wrote that because I think that's a great kind of lead-in to my emotions and your emotions when we found out this news. Congrats, question mark, because... I think I had after I checked at Nets Daily and saw the retweet from Shams, 
and understood why you had texted me yes, my first reaction was relief. Because I think for the last few weeks and few months since the Durant trade demand, there's this been there's been this hope kind of in the back of our minds that one day we're going to log on to Twitter and we're going to hear that Kevin Durant rescinded his trade demand. Because as we've seen over the last month and a half, the trades were not developing in a way that maybe we fantasized the first week of July. Not that we ideally ever wanted to trade Kevin Durant, but I think once that became something that he wanted, we started thinking about these grandiose packages that we could get back. And we even discussed what would it take for us to be happy about trading Kevin Durant. So I do think, though, once we saw that that package wasn't coming back, we all kind of had this hope that one day we're going to see the tweet that he rescinded his trade demand. We got that today or yesterday, depending on when you're listening. So I do agree that there was relief. My next emotion, though, is very different. And my next emotion isn't very rational, but I always want to be honest with you and the audience. My next emotion was, and I know that's not like a great emotion to have because trust me, from a basketball standpoint, the Nets have a better chance of winning an NBA title today than they did yesterday. They have a better chance of winning an NBA title with Kevin Durant on this team than if they traded him, even if it was for Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, even if it was for Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi. This gives them the best chance to win. But you know what, bro? I sat here for a month and a half. We sat here for a month and a half with Kevin Durant basically telling us to go F ourselves. And it's very difficult to just immediately wrap my arms around them and say, okay, great, everybody's happy. Let's go win a championship. And that's why, yeah, I know this is the best result for us. I'm not arguing that. But I haven't had the excitement that you've had in finding out this news. Yeah, I, I don't care. And I'm not going to, I don't take like Kevin Durant's slight against the Nets personal. I think he has some demons himself of always thinking the grass is greener on the other side, whatever the cliche goes. I don't care. I, I'm happy he's back. And I I immediately felt joy within. Like, I don't look at this as a, a girlfriend or a best friend. Like, this is an NBA basketball player that changed his mind and realized he had no better options. I don't take it personal. I don't care at all. I'm just thrilled he's here. I know that means Kyrie Irving's here. And I know this puts the Nets in the best position to win. And I know as well, like, first game of the season, Kevin Durant drops 30 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, and the Nets go and defeat the Pelicans. It it all will not matter. And over time, it will all be about what's happening on the basketball court. Just, Just like, and I mean this, genuinely, don't even care. Don't care that he embarrassed us. Don't care that he embarrassed themselves. I want to see a championship. And like, for me, that's the tunnel I see. And and for whatever reason, I I can block out the rest. You're right about everything you said, by the way, like you're, you're a hundred percent, right? I think not even opening night, but two weeks from now, I'll be a hundred percent with you. I will be because you're right. All I care about is what you care about. That's winning a championship. And he on this team, despite all the pitfalls that may fall before that now, and then gives us as fans, the best chance to win. And on opening night, I will probably stand up and cheer him. I know today I said on the air, I don't know how I'm going to react to him on opening night. Opening night is so long from now that mm. by the time we get there, it will have been a longer period of time between now and opening night than when Durant demand his traded, demanded his trade to today. Mm. So I'm sure by the time we get to the New Orleans Pelicans game, I think on the 18th or 19th, whatever day it is, uh, I'll be fine. But I just think right now, I'm not celebrating. You know what I mean? Because 
this whole thing was self-inflicted. Sure. This whole drama for the last month and a half, like Mark Berman, who I think mostly yeah. can be really douchey on Twitter, tweeted that. something that made me think. And he's like, wow, the Nets are the only team that can celebrate uh, basically announcing they're keeping a player who's under contract for four years. Right. I, I'm not saying, look, he's such a Nick douche that I don't want to give him any credit for anything, but I kind of understood what he's saying. Like, I don't want to celebrate. What, what the hell are we celebrating? The guy signed the four-year contract. The guy's supposed to be on this team. We're celebrating that they're not nuking this team that quickly after two failures? Like, I don't want to celebrate it. Relieved. That's why that first word you used, bro, that's the accurate one. I'm relieved that this is over. I'm relieved that this gives us the best chance to win. I'm relieved I don't have to see stupid made-up trades on the NBA trade machine. I'm relieved. I don't have to reread the Stepien rule to find out how many picks I could acquire. I'm relieved, but excited and pumped up. I don't know, man. It's tough to get there. Uh, well, I hear Mark Berman. And I saw that as well, and I thought that was funny, and I connected with it because he's right. Yeah, it, it's kind of pathetic. I, but again, I don't. I just don't even care. And right. for me, I feel excitement. And yeah, he's right. We're the first team to celebrate it. And in you know, in a vacuum, sure, okay. You're just celebrating the fact that basically we're just excited that we just lost to the Celtics and we're moving to the next season. But all of that just happened. There was so much that's happened in the last 45 days and that there's an excitement level for me because we're through it, we're past it. And if that's relief that's turned into excitement a little bit later, knowing that the Nets got, knowing that the, knowing that the fans are now through that crap, yeah, we're just basically back where we started, which is after a 4-0 sweep where we got smacked around to the Boston Celtics and looked absolutely terrible. But other stuff happened in the offseason that's warranting to feel good, even if it is just back yeah. to square one. Like, it, yeah, ha no, it I happened. Get that. I get that. And, and one thing I'm excited about, and we'll do this next week, uh, we'll go through the roster and we'll break down what this team is because I always had a very difficult time this offseason. I said it to you last time of really breaking down the strengths of this roster and not knowing if the best player is going to be on it. And now at least knowing that he's going to be on it, I think it's easier to dissect this roster, how Steve Nash is going to kind of use some of these forces. Is Ben Simmons a five? Is he a one? How are they going to deploy Ben Simmons? I think there's a lot of interesting things about the way this team is built. And they're not done yet because they still have a few open roster spots. There are still a few veterans that are out there. And we'll definitely get into it next week. So you're right. There is some niceness that we have closure to the whole thing. Do you, because one thing I found interesting after Shams put the tweet out and then the Nets obviously released a statement uh, in which they, <laughs> the statement, I got to admit, cracked me up. Let me get to the statement before I get to the thought sure. I was about to make. They release a statement in which Sean Marks is speaking. The one who Kevin Durant reportedly wanted fired. You know, yeah. Sean Marks comes out and says, Steve Nash and I. So the first two names mentioned in this statement are the two guys that Kevin Durant supposedly wanted fired. Steve Nash and I, together with Josai, Clara Wusai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in L.A. yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. That's right. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn, and then the logo of the Brooklyn Nets and the logo of the boardroom. So Marx's words, not Kyrie Irving's words, partnership. I know that we were just relieved and in your case, excited. When you saw partnership and then the two logos side by side, 
Any thoughts popping in your head? I mean, it, it's some serious eye rolls. Like here we here we are, and and I'll admit it, the Nets organization right now is a joke. There is so much to make fun of them. There is so much to put down the partnership, the boardroom there, the statement being made that's coming out. I mean, it's it's all one comical joke, and they look they look pathetic. I mean, it just the whole thing is is you know the circus, the clowns. But but wait, bad. but wait, but second, hold on, let me just push back a little bit. Other than saying it's a partnership, those words, and mm-hmm. other than the logo in which they're saying, yeah, we're partners with the boardroom, the organization flexed their muscle and sure. won. True. No, very true. Very so, true. So from the standpoint of they're a joke, I, look, you can make anything you want a joke, and certainly the way things have transpired over the last three years, yes, it's a big joke. The Nets are talked about, and they haven't won anything and all that, but you could certainly argue that the front office pulled back the power that they were trying to grab back from these players. And, you know, we'll see what happens next. I think that's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on. But as of right now, Sean Marks is the GM. Steve Nash is the head coach. Kyrie Irving had to opt into the final year of his deal. Never got a contract extension. They didn't rehire the coaches that Kevin Durant loved that they fired specifically his boy, Adam Harrington. So in this moment that we can see with our own eyes, they haven't given Kevin Durant anything in this quote partnership. Have they? No, in that regard, you're absolutely right. And when I read that as partnership, I think that's almost more to save grace for Kevin Durant. So it doesn't like, let's just say this is a partnership. So when Kevin Durant comes back to the nets, he doesn't look as pathetic because he couldn't get what he wanted. He he basically lost to the Nets. And I think that word partnership is really just being used and displayed nationally for and the Nets fans and for NBA fans and for the world to see just so it doesn't come across as bad to Kevin Durant. That's When I read partnership, I said, that's code for let's just not make this not look like Kevin Durant got screwed here and let's make it look like this is some big coming together because in reality, there was no marketplace. He realizes that he would be going somewhere with way less talent and the Nets ownership did a fantastic job in getting back the power and making the (laughs) the moves and the maneuver where he's here, they didn't have to trade him, and yeah, the and the and the Nets brass did flex a little bit. And when I say you know a joke overall, it's just everything that's happened in the situation. And here's a statement: it's all comical. But you're right, the Nets definitely got some power back from from what happened. And they they sort of handled it similar to what they did with Kyrie Irving, where they dared Kyrie Irving. They said, "All right, Kai, go work out a sign and trade, big shot. Go get your max contract elsewhere," knowing he wasn't going to get it. So at the end of the day, Kyrie Irving had to make a business decision. And that business decision was to opt into the final year of his deal. The Nets knew it. They even leaked stuff throughout the entire process. And they won. Because in the back of their mind, they knew Kyrie Irving is not signing for the mid-level exception with the LA Lakers. It's not happening. And in the Kevin Durant case, they knew, much like everyone had speculated over the last month, that Kevin Durant was not the kind of superstar that was going to hold out. He was not the kind of superstar that was going to, quote, dog it. That if the Nets basically said, we're not trading you because, A, we're not getting the offers that we want, and, oh, yeah, you sign to a four-year deal, what you going to do about it? They kind of figured Kevin Durant would do nothing about it. Because what was Kevin Durant's options? 
as miserable as he was here for whatever reason, you know, whether it was Sean Marks, whether it was a lack of trust, whatever the reason was, and we still don't know the answer, by the way, why Kevin Durant ultimately said, trade me from Brooklyn. His recourse when he signed a four-year deal was only to hold out. That was it. And they kind of dared him to. And that's why that report comes out that Kevin Durant would rather retire than play for the Brooklyn Nets. That was the one thing Kevin Durant publicly denied in the mm-hmm. last month and a half. He came out immediately and said, that's B. You guys want to believe whatever you want to believe. I'm not retiring. So it's almost like the Nets dare to Durant was, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to hold out? We know you're not going to hold out. And so it's amazing to say, and I'll get to Joseph Sy in a second, but they really beat the daylights out of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because both guys ultimately had to come back and it doesn't appear in the moment things can change. It doesn't appear in the moment that either guy got anything in this quote unquote negotiation with the Nets. And maybe because we're net fans and we hold Kevin Durant in the highest regard and we, you know, we've seen what he's done. We expected there to be this bigger hole. And I know what happened with the Utah jazz, which I do believe had an impact on this trade. I, I look back on the Kyrie Irving one. I got, I, I understood it. When the Kevin Durant news happened, I said, there's no way the Nets can win this battle. This is Kevin Durant. The market for him is going to be so robust. He's going to be on another team and it is what it is. We're rebuilding. <laughs> Let's move forward. There's nothing we can really do about it. I was completely wrong. The market for Kevin Durant wasn't there. The teams weren't giving up items that what the Nets wanted. And maybe this was the smart play from them when, and people were making fun of them, but when they were asking for everything from every single team and no other team wanted to dance with that, there was no trade. And basically you're right. The Nets, the Nets won this battle. Kevin Durant's forced to come back. He's a baller. He's a player. He's not going to sit out. Kyrie Irving's going to tag along, follow along with Kevin Durant and the indications where he was coming back anyway. So now here you are where they're forced to be here. Let's see. And, you know, fingers crossed, God willing, that they are motivated. They now see that this is like this, this, this bullseye on their back. They rally behind this and get together and care and put in the time for a impactful, meaningful, regular season And I don't, you know, wherever you get your energy that you can use, that you can be the best version of you, we all get it in different places. If Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant want to get it from everything that's happened the last couple months and use that to fuel them to go out and win the championship, God, I hope so, because it can't be the same crap of not caring. And in a sick, twisted way, if this is what gets them to actually care, then maybe in the long run, this was all a great thing. Sure. Look, if they ultimately win, what a story it would be, first of all. What, what a roller coaster it's already been uh, if they ultimately make this thing work and win. But yeah, if they win, it'll all be worth it. I wonder, here are the two things that Kevin Durant specifically, not as much Kyrie Irving, because it doesn't feel like Kyrie was really involved in this. He opted into his deal, and every indication was he wants to be here, and he wanted to be here. And we certainly got that feeling over the last few weeks when the net social media account was posting as much Kyrie Irving stuff as they were. So Kyrie opted in and it sounded as if he wanted to be here, whether Kevin Durant was here or not. So I'll take Kyrie aside. The, the two things that Kevin Durant may have gotten out of this, if this really was a negotiation and his big offer was get rid of Marks and Nash. And ultimately that was never going to happen. And personally, I said this on the air, 
I was willing to give him the head of Steve Nash because I don't think Steve Nash is a very good head coach. And I had no problem doing that. The line to me was Sean Marks. Sean Marks turned this franchise around from the doldrums after the Billy King disaster. And so as great of a player as Kevin Durant is, I was not willing, if I'm Joe Sy, to give him that. Um, but I think there are two things that Durant may get out of this. Hmm. Number one, how are they filling out the rest of their roster? Are there guys in free agency still out there that Kevin wants on this team that maybe in the past Sean Marks has hesitated on? And the guy that jumps out at me is Carmelo Anthony. The relationship KD has had with him in the past, the rumors that have connected the Nets and Carmelo Anthony in the past, and then ultimately the Nets not signing him. So I would keep an eye on Melo, and if the Nets have an interest in him, and if they do bring him in, which <laughs> I'm not yeah. against, by the way. I, I got to yeah. tell you right now, I'm not against it. I think that would show that maybe that's what KD got out of this, some final say on the back end of this roster. Boogie Cousins is another guy, another veteran guy that's out there. So I think how they fill out some of this roster, I think may tell you, hey, this is what Kev got from Joe Sy, Sean Marks. And I do believe now with KD, I was going to say signing, but being back with the Nets, I do think there was a hold on free agency. And now with Kevin Durant officially with the Nets, for next season and under contract for four years, if that if that ever does happen. But I do believe now, like the the free agency and the role players and the veterans and the veteran minimums, it's all just going to restart again. And it took this to happen, and I I, I think it's going to happen really soon. I think you know today was the day where the Nets had to make the announcement about Kevin Durant, and they had to put out their statement, and it had to it had to take its own place. But I wouldn't be shocked if we're waking up on a Friday. And I and I think signings are going to I think they're going to start to happen and happen very fast because, yeah, look, you know, you these saw... guys aren't just these guys just aren't like, oh, like they've been talking and now things are in motion. I expect some some action quick. Well, and also the teams itself that were interesting, Kevin Durant, that thought they had a chance at him and now say, all right, he's not really available. I was thinking for a brief second that the best way to motivate the Toronto Raptors or the Memphis Grizzlies, or the Boston Celtics to up their trade offer is for this to be announced. Is for oh, Kevin Durant to say, I'm good staying. And for the Nets to say, see, we're done. That would be the way for the Raptors, for Messiah Jury to say, okay, F it. Here's Scotty Barnes. Now, it, the funny question I have is, if all of a sudden Brad Stevens calls up Sean Marks and says, all right, okay, you got us. You got, you got us over the barrel. You want Marcus Smart. You want Robert Williams. You want Jalen Brown. Okay, you got him. Does Sean Marks say, no, it's too late. Okay, KD's coming back. Or does he say, oh, okay, sorry, Kevin, you're going to Boston. Stop it with this <laughs> this craziness. You know how, I mean, could you imagine, though, if all of a sudden tomorrow there's a report that the Nets and Celtics have made a deal? Boy, that would be something. No, there's well, the, no, no shot in the, no shot in the yeah, well, the, the reason I don't think there's a shot is not that Kevin Durant is 100% committed to the Nets or the Nets are 100% committed to him. I think it's that I don't think this would actually cause teams to bend. Right. I think that teams have a line. I think teams showed you that while they value Kevin Durant, they didn't value gutting their team. They didn't value, in the Raptors' case, trading the reigning rookie of the year who could be a franchise player for the next decade. The Celtics, the defending Eastern Conference champions, didn't feel good enough in trading its heart in Marcus Smart, its 
best player in the NBA Finals, Jalen Brown. Like, they wanted Kevin Durant. Teams want Kevin Durant, right. but there's a line. And I think the line is, I'm not gutting my team to do it. And so I don't think, jokes aside, that this would cause Masai Ujiri to wake up and say, okay, here's Scotty Barnes. I'm just asking, yeah. hypothetically. No. <laughs> no. And if I'm Sean Marks, I'm saying no. I'm running it back with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and now we've got this new guy in Ben Simmons. And I know you've you've made it clear on the air and also on this podcast, you don't think you'll ever see Ben Simmons play. But now I'm moving that I think this is going to happen. Uh, there, those three guys are coming back. Fill out the roster. See what else is available. And yeah, now it now it's gonna be like, oh, that Royce O'Neal trade. That was kind of good. Okay, that, <laughs> yeah. I like that depth. T.J. Warren. We don't know what we're getting. He's been hurt, but it's another it's another you know wing player that can score and fill it up. Oh, Nick Claxton's well, continue to improve. I saw videos of him shooting free throws. Like we can have all these fun, stupid conversations. Oh, dude, dude, specifically Royce O'Neal more so. That trade now makes sense. And I remember we said it at the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, but it's true, though. I know, I know. You can't Lovely. trade a first-round pick for Royce O'Neal when you're blowing your team up. And, and I guess it's an indicator that when they made that trade, I think it was minutes after Durant announced he was uh, demanding a trade or the report came out he was demanding a trade, we, we said, hey, did he not know? Was Sean Marks fooled? I think it goes back to something we've alluded to. The Nets ran their offseason as if Kevin Durant was coming back. Mm -hmm. They did. Resigning Patty Mills is another indicator. Like they ran their offseason as if, yeah, Kevin Durant's back. We're building a team around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And so maybe ultimately this was what Sean Marks told Joe Sy. Like, yeah, great. He's demanding a trade. I'm not trading him. No, unless we get a King's ransom back, I have no intention of trading him. And they have this long term game plan of just waiting him out. Do you care, by the way, now that this is settled, or at least we think it's settled, do you care why Kevin Durant demanded a trade? Like, do you want to know what the hell yeah. was going through his mind? Absolutely. Oh, I'm very curious. Oh, I'm very curious. And I, and I said earlier when we started the podcast, I'm just happy he's back and that's what matters. But I definitely want to know what the hell happened. I am dying to know. And it will, he'll never give answers. Uh, and I think of what that first media day is going to be like for mm. the Nets, which is... Whew, it's going to be a lot of PR pre-gaming on figuring out how to word things. I I'd love to know. Do you? Oh, yes. Of course I want to know because we we've been sitting here speculating for a month and a half, whether it was something as dopey as Adam Harrington, whether it was the handling of the Kyrie Irving negotiations. I mean, I, I don't know. Like we, we sat here trying to figure out mm -hmm. what was it? And you're right. Kevin Durant's never going to tell us. And he's made that clear on Twitter. None of us have a right to know. But I am waiting for the Shams or the Woj bomb that delves into this. Because what I find really interesting about the reporting is that, well, first of all, Woj has been shut out for like the last month. Because Sean Marks is his source, clearly, and Sean Marks' job was asked for by Kevin Durant, he wasn't exactly getting any information. But Shams gets his info from the players. And so he's the one who broke this story, but there was no link to an article. He had the Memphis Grizzlies story the other day. The Grizzlies emerge as a suitor. He had that whole thing, but nothing today. Like there was nothing to add other than they had a meeting. They've agreed to continue on. That's it. There's mm -hmm. been no additional reporting on what happened in the meeting. What did Steve Nash say? What did Sean Marks say? 
What did Kevin Durant say? Like, all we know is who is in that meeting. And by the way, I'm not going to give Josiah any credit. I'm going to give his wife credit. I bet you Clara Susai, she was the one that pulled the whole thing together. All right? I trust her more than I trust Josiah, who's still a god-awful owner. So thank you, Ms. Sai, for pulling this thing off. But, like, what happened in the meeting? There's been no reporting, bro, about what happened, what was said, other than they've agreed to continue their partnership. Your feelings on the ownership have not changed at all with their power play move? No. This so is the roster moving forward? So in all seriousness, I think I, I, I have to be fair. I give Joe Sy credit. I do. I have to give him credit because I do think that ultimately what I wanted from him was as the owner of this team to make this work, to find the middle ground where Kevin Durant's good with coming back and Sean Marks remains the general manager. Those were the two priorities. So when he comes out and tweets immediately after the report came out that Durant wants both Marks and Nash gone, when he immediately tweeted, I fully support the front office, a part of me was annoyed saying, why are you doing this publicly? Like, what the hell does that do? But great, publicly, Nash and Marks are safe. I want you behind the scenes because he is a he's a brilliant businessman. The guy's a billionaire. I know Joe Sy's not an idiot. I understand that. I want him as the leader of this organization to figure this out. And he did. So if I'm being fair with all the criticisms I've had about him, I do have to give him credit that he figured this thing out. Ultimately, my problem with him to begin with is that it led to this, that when the Nets signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, the feeling was they gave them the keys to the organization. It doesn't make sense to make that decision. Give the keys to the organization of players, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, and then two years in say, ah, change my mind. Like it's a recipe for disaster. Now, is it worked out right now? Yeah, because they're both coming back. And apparently he's got the keys to the organization back. Great. But that doesn't mean it worked yet because you still need Kevin Durant committed to winning. You still need Kyrie Irving committed to winning. We don't know if when they face their first bit of adversity, Kevin Durant goes into Joe Sy's office again and says, all right, now I'm serious. Get me the hell out of here. That's why I say, yeah, it's settled for now, but we don't know if long-term this is going to work. Is this a Band-Aid on an issue, or did they solve the issue? And that's why, as a fan, yeah, I'm, ultimately this gives them the best chance to win. But in the back of my mind, and it should be in the back of your mind, don't you have to wonder, like, at the first, first sign of trouble, what's going to happen? Is Kevin Durant going to go into Joe Sy's office and say, all right, Steve Nash is a moron. Get him the hell out of here. There's a lot of question marks around all of that. I'm happy that we're going to have to get those answers. But I will say, too, like, was Kyrie Irving ever really committed before? I mean, we know James Harden, he decommitted basically in the middle of the seat in the middle of the season. So the old regime and the old style wasn't working anyway. And I'm not saying that this was, I'm not saying that this is going to work. And I'm not saying that what happened is going to trigger Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to pull it all together, but it's not as if like everything was so perfect before. I mean, Kyrie Irving played 29 regular season games. James Harden wanted out of here because of what had happened in his timeline of disaster for hating it. Kevin Durant then was miserable. So I'm like, was it even that great to begin with? In the last year. So, yeah, I see your point. Yeah, Joe Sy took a huge gamble, but I mean, it 
it worked. I, it, it worked, but you're right. Is it a Band-Aid or is this full recovery? I, I think I think only time will tell uh, if it's the Band-Aid or the full recovery and if, if this ended up being the right thing for the organization to move forward. Why do you think Kevin Durant wanted to be traded? Man. I think it was like death by a thousand paper cuts where just a lot of little things started to annoy him. And then he said, I'm bolting from if it's Harrington, if it's the situation with the Kyrie Irving contract, if it's not having respect for Steve Nash. And I think that as crazy as it sounds, that Cam Thomas quote that came out in the summer league, I think was another indication where KD and Cam, I'm sure, had conversations about stuff like that. So I think little decisions after little decision just weared thin on him. And then he said, I just don't want to be here anymore. I can't take it. What I wonder about is, and they're certainly not saying it in the meeting with Steve Nash there, but is there an agreement of if things don't go well, Steve Nash goes on the hot seat. If things don't go well, hey, would you be willing to move on from this head coach? So we'll see. Look, the good news is we finally, at least for now, have some certainty with this roster. And coming up in a few weeks, Mike and I will break down what this roster looks like, how we feel about the structure of this roster, how Steve Nash will deploy these guys as we creep closer and closer to training camp. But now we at least know that our sons don't have to get rid of their Kevin Durant jerseys. Isn't that nice? Thank you for listening to the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast.